It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 72. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're talking Golden Gopher baseball this week. It's a great conversation with pitcher Randon Dahman. He's overcome some recent serious health issues, including losing his sight for a short period of time. He has now returned to the Diamond. He also has a nonprofit that helps kids in need get sports equipment and gear, and you can help him with that. And we'll talk about the future of Gopher baseball and how he sees it. Quick spoiler, he's excited about watching the current young players progress and he thinks the future's bright. Randon Dahman will be my guest on the Go Gopher podcast. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. You can get a confidential, no cost, no obligation, business valuation started today. Hey, make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also brought to you by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union here on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the entire state of Minnesota. Find out more at affinityplus.org slash gophers. Our podcast also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at chaplininsurance.com. We're podcasting episode 72 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. You can click that button right now. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. You can go back and listen to past podcasts as well. Last week, for example, we spoke about the importance of mental health awareness with the director of Gopher Sports Psychology, Dr. Carly Anderson, a podcast well worth your time. So much valuable information for so many reasons. This week, though, it's episode 72, and we're talking Golden Gopher Baseball with pitcher Randon Dahman. He joins me next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good name. State Farm is there. It's episode number 72, the Go Gopher podcast. Mike Grimm with you, along with Gopher baseball player Randon Dahman. And Randon, good to see you. Welcome to the show. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. I guess it's been a little over a year since uh, you and I have last talked. You were on our Community Champions Series through Gopher Sports Properties and Gopher Digital. And uh, at that time, we talked a lot about your charity that you had set up and still work with, which we'll talk about here uh, next of CAN. Um, but we have so much to talk about. 
about because you have been through a lot since we last talked last year, right? I mean, it's been incredible. Yeah, it's been an interesting ride. So let's set the stage first of all with your background before we get into some of the uh, ins and outs of, of everything. Uh, you're a kid from Wisconsin. Um, you went to play baseball at St. Louis. Uh, you had a stop, I think, at a junior college in between, right? Well, I actually or was it JUCO to, first? I went to Ohio. Oh yeah, Ohio, JUCO. Right. Well, actually, Ohio uh, Community College, and then another JUCO, and then St. Louis, and then Minnesota. Yeah. Take me through that whole process from high school and and what um, you know how that track eventually led you here. Yeah, so um, out of high school, I committed to Ohio as a freshman, which was pretty young. Um, I got to Ohio, and I had some things that had to take me home. And I went home and uh, was working as an electrician and doing night school at a local community college. And then after doing that for about a year and everything was cleared up, um, I went from that community college to another JUCO uh, called Triton College in Chicago area. And I played baseball there and I loved it. It was a great time. Um, Unfortunately, it ended very early uh, due to COVID. And so then I was in this weird stage because my goal was to only be there a year. And so I had taken, I think it was like 50-some credits, 20 a semester, and then the J-term. So I graduated in one year. <laughs> and so, like, it was, it put me in a situation because I had these offers, and I couldn't really go back to JUCO even though the season just ended. And so then I was kind of rushed into a decision that led me to St. Louis where I had friends. And... uh St. Louis, it just didn't work out. I, I loved my friends that I made there. I loved uh, my teammates. Um, but fortunately, that came to an end, and then I found my forever home here, and it's been perfect sense. I love it. What um, what was that process like in terms of what got you connected with Minnesota? So it's funny because in JUCO, I was originally being recruited by Minnesota, and that was my dream school, and I was like, holding out for them for as long as possible, but due to like rosters and we didn't know what was all going on with the pandemic. And um, it just came down to a point where if I didn't make a decision, I wouldn't have had a college to go to. And so I couldn't wait any longer and I had to choose to go somewhere else. Yeah. The uh, you're from Columbus, Wisconsin. Um, I am fairly familiar with, with the state of Wisconsin, but not familiar enough to know exactly where Columbus is. So where, where is Columbus? Yeah, so Columbus is a small town. It's between uh, Beaver Dam and some prairie, and I guess the closest city that's major is Madison. Yeah. So it's like a 30-minute drive from Madison. Gotcha. And, of course, the Badgers don't even have a baseball program, so that was yeah. never an option. Yeah. How can't no. you have a baseball program, by the way? That's that's one bizarre, of the biggest things right? in Wisconsin right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty interesting, that's for sure. All right, so you you got here um, from St. Louis to Minnesota, Um and take me through the baseball part of it, at least, because um, COVID really screwed up stuff for a lot of people your age, right, in terms yeah. of even whether it's, okay, I got to watch lectures online, uh, go to school online, um, you know, lock myself in a room, whatever it may have been over the course of that time. And then for athletes, it was daily testing and all this stuff. So um, uh, when you got here, kind of take me through how the baseball part has gone. Yeah, so when I, when I got to Minnesota, it was still on the back end of COVID, and um, we were getting tested weekly, and it was just an interesting time because when you're making those transitions, uh, especially as a new student athlete, it might be different to get around and, like, know people. Um, but the Minnesota community was always super helpful. Um, 
uh, I have nothing but praise for everyone around this area. And so, like, getting into baseball, um, I mean, it was pretty, like, the new normal at that point. Like, we didn't have to wear – actually, did we have to wear masks at that time? I'm not that, sure. I think so still, yeah. 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 We might have. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It just kind of all blends together it to does, normal right? now. Yeah. Like, the transition at that point, we're already in two years of it. So it was yeah. it was kind of the new normal at that point. We um, had you on our uh, a separate show from this podcast, but it was a, a community champion series. Uh, as we mentioned, it was like a year ago at this time, and that was a uh, to feature um, student athletes here that were doing cool things uh, in the community, within the school, within their team, and what have you. And of course, um, for you, it was um, the organization that you started was called Next of Can. And we talked about it obviously in that segment, but um, I think this gives us a good forum to uh, to dive a little deeper into it where um, it has become a, a pretty dry nice driving force here uh, with with kids that have some needs in regard to athletic equipment um, and you you explained that uh, with us last year in the segment but nobody you know not everybody listens to everything so um, let's let's talk a little bit about it how did it start and you brought that with you if I remember mm. remember correctly right yeah so that started in 2020 when I was at St. Louis and my board members were all teammates of mine at St. Louis and they're still the board members. And, uh, it was just during a time where there was a lot of like, I feel like people wanted to make change, but didn't necessarily know the steps. So everyone was kind of just posting about it, this and that. I essentially got to a point where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to dive headfirst into this. And I asked my buddies if they wanted to join and they're all for it just because of our baseball connections. And so, as we previously stated, we uh, we fundraise for underprivileged athletes and artists. And so, from 2020 till now, it's just been growing and growing. Um, this past year, we sent like 252 uniforms to Benin, Africa. Um, we spent we sent over a thousand soccer uniforms to Haiti. Um, and then in the community area, like just Minneapolis itself, I think we're around 92,000 in donations. $92,000 worth of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. equipment, yeah. What, um, what, what um, in terms of the call to action that you felt uh, you, you had, what, what triggered it? Uh, the, was it a newspaper article? Was it something you saw personally or just? I don't know. It's, it just was like a compounding thing. You like you sit there and you're really impacted by social media. And, I mean, you open up Twitter, you open up Instagram and, half the things you see are negative during that time. And it's just like, well, there's got to be good, right? Like, I know great people. So, I mean, I don't know. It was just more like I've always wanted to make something happen. And from the stuff that I've seen in Cook County, Chicago area, to seeing in St. Louis, to seeing, you know, it just it was time for me to help in some way. Yeah. And so kids who, what, may not have, uh, you know, a baseball glove, a baseball bat, maybe cleats, yeah. uh, and not just baseball, right? You you guys have, have helped all kinds of sports uh, and young kids who might need it. Take me through the process of how you go about determining where, one, how you accumulate either donations, money, or maybe equipment or what have you, and two, then how, how does it uh, get into the hands of those that can use it? It's really unique. It's all it's all stemmed from my baseball connections and then the people I've met in the community. Um, in terms of like donations, again, it's connections of people that I know. And I'm like, hey, do you have any overstock of this equipment that you're no longer sponsored with? Do you mind if we take it? Because it's usually still has the tag on it. Mm-hmm. 
And so we'll get donations. So like we've gotten donations from the twins. They donated a ton of football cleats actually. And so I was reaching around to local organizations and it's really just cold calling. And uh, a guy named Jim Helber with the Phelps Falcons organization Mm -hmm. reached out to him and we've donated to his nonprofit quite a bit and he does some great stuff. But a lot of his football players, they haven't had their own pairs of cleats or their hand-me-downs from their previous athletes for over four years. And I mean, when you use someone else's shoes, I, that's like it, being an athlete, like even having your own shoes, if they wear down even a year, you know, it's just not comfortable. And so like, I don't know, there's always room for like equipment to be used somewhere. And the life cycle and a lot of the stuff that we've been getting is brand new. But again, like kids that still haven't had their own bats or haven't had their own gloves or haven't had their own cleats, it's it's nice to be able to get that yeah um and then if people want to help uh how, what's the best way like if someone listening now to the podcast says well that is awesome um i want to help what what can they do yeah they can just reach out to us at next of can uh g at next of can at gmail.com or they can reach through our website um my personal cell phone's listed on the website we do all volunteering and so we don't have any employees that are on salary no one from the board takes any money and so everything is completely volunteer Wow. And so that's what helps us. Whatever comes in, we can put right back into the community without touching anything. Nextofcan.com. Is that the webpage? Dot org. Dot org. Yeah. Nextofcan. Nextofcan. C-A-N dot org. Yep. Yeah, cool. So people can go there. Um, you mentioned like the uh, you said soccer uniforms that were sent over. Yeah. How, how did you accumulate? How many? Oh, 1,079 would be the jersey tops. Um, and then like total soccer items was like 3,528. Um, but that was donated from a Woodbury soccer club called Salvo. Mm-hmm. And um, I, again, just another connection. Uh, and they said they just have a whole lot of overstock. And we're like, all right, yeah, we'll show up. And it's a cool story because it was raining and sleeting. And it, <laughs> due to, like, athlete schedule, I couldn't be there until, like, 9 p.m. Yeah. And I got there, and there was 13 pallets full, and I'm like, I only have a pickup truck. And so I called my buddies, and lo and behold, I have six or seven teammates driving out there. We loaded up in all of our vehicles in the snow and rain, and they're just doing it out of goodwill on a school night. And then we drive it back, and I'm like, all right, well, where are we going to load this? (laughs) And so now I call the rest of my buddies, and now i got 20 teammates down in the Marshall unloading our trucks, loading it up into my apartment, and the boxes are hitting the ceiling. And, like, it's amazing what a community does for other members. It's just a matter of coordinating. Yeah. And it it also says something about you, too, that that teammates are willing to – I mean, I think it means your teammates are good-hearted, but it also means that – Oh yeah, let's do this. We know about this. We, you know, you're a good dude. We're gonna help you out. I think, right? Yeah, no, they're a special group of guys. Like they, they'll always have my respect, and I always make sure to let them know that. Um, so, how did you find out that this group? You said where to Haiti and where else? Uh, been in Africa. How did you find out about the uh, the so, needs there? So it's funny. Like I reached out to some local middle schools, and I was like, "Hey, I got some gym equipment that I'm looking to buy, and I want." Um, to know if you guys could use it. I'm just looking to distribute some stuff, add some inventory. And so I made a donation. I think it was to Olson Middle School at the time. And the secretary, we just got talking, and she was just like, hey, have you heard of Baseball in Benin, a nonprofit that comes here, and they also have stuff going on in Benin, Africa. And I was like, 
no, never heard of it. Um, she gave me the contact of the owner. I called him like, hey, what do you need? And he's just like, this, this, and this. And I was like, well, I got 250 uniforms. Do you want that? And he's like, yeah, they don't even have uniforms. It's like, perfect. So wow. it's weird. It's just yeah. a revolving door of connections. So, uh, and then locally here, you mentioned you're talking to middle schools and different things, $92,000 over the last couple of years. What, um, what, what are some things you've done locally too then? You've talked about a couple, but uh, how does that, how do you go about making the connections there and finding out who, um, you know, what, where your stuff can best be used? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of cold calling and I'll call like a lot of schools and see where they stand on it. And a lot of the time, since we're such a young company, and on the other side of the phone, and it's a 23-year-old, I don't know if it's always taken fully serious. Yeah. And so those who take it and like they say, hey, no, we could use this, we follow through on it. And that's what we try to do is like, if you need it, we'll follow through on it. We're not going to shop around. And so I leave it up to their, their judgment. And if they think it belongs with them or if they think it should help someone else, we'll do that. With your connections now, do you have people on both ends that will call and say, hey, we've got some extra stuff if you want it? Or two, hey, you said that um, if we needed some help, uh, we do now. We have some kids who need this or that. Yeah, and that's the thing. So I've developed on both sides where they're like, hey, we got overstock of this. I think you could distribute this and it would be great. And so we'll get it and we'll distribute it. And then on the other end, like, again, the Phelps Falcons organization – We've, we've gone back multiple times. We've given them uh, brand-new football cleats, uh, custom basketball backpacks, uh, mouth guards, footballs, just mainly safety equipment so that they, their athletes can perform. All right, so here's a little bit of a weird question, um, and I actually fall in this category a little bit. If you have kids who um, had gear, whether it was baseball bats or gloves or maybe football cleats or a football or, you know, I don't know, whatever, and um, I have a closet with stuff in it that it's used um some of it's in decent shape though it's not like junk um is that is that something that you would take or or are you trying to stay mostly with new stuff we mainly have stayed with new stuff but we also have taken used stuff because we can make it work just about anyway it's more of a judgment call where i've gotten calls and i've just shown up and be like oh yeah we can use this this and this because certainly some like there might be some secondhand stuff you just it's just not yeah like yeah Thank you, but you know maybe that's a donation to some other place, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know, like I, I believe played against sports and stuff like that. They take those. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's all just a judgment call, and like if I know of someone that's looking for something, then it makes it a whole lot easier. Sure. Yeah. For sure. No doubt. So, um, what's the future now with Next of Can? Is as uh, you're here at Minnesota, and um, what, uh, what what where do you see this going? Honestly, it's. I've got big dreams for it. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to be moments anymore. Uh, and, like, I've talked to some people, and I, I, I want to move from moments to a movement, you know, instead of just being in there where this equipment can, can be like a Band-Aid in mm-hmm. situations. I want to I invest more time into the community, and I want to show these kids that are receiving it. It's like maybe be mentoring whatever after-school programs. I want it to turn into something where – they have a reliable source where it's not just, oh, we're coming in, helping you out now, and see where it goes. I, I want to be there consistently, and I want to see how we can help them and be, I don't know how to put it, just a mentor, just someone yeah. they can turn to. Do you think this could turn into, once you're done with your gopher career, uh, that this is what you choose to do, like like turn this into your full-time 
yeah, occupation. I, I don't see myself ever walking away from Next of Can. Um, it does more for me than it does for the individuals, and um, I love it. And it's just such a unique balance to do because when you're giving equipment, I mean, that's a good feeling, but, like, seeing them use it and utilize it and have fun, like, that just goes so many miles. Nextofcan.org is the webpage if uh, our listeners of the podcast would like to help in any way, shape, or form, or maybe they know of uh, youth organizations that might have needs, or maybe they know of businesses who might have extra surplus stuff. Youth uh, or uh, Nextofcan.org is uh, the webpage. Um, we want to talk about Randon and um, his um, his, his uh, the adversity, I guess, for lack of a better term, that um, he had faced uh, here in the last year as well. But I do want to talk first about our partner here on our podcast. The Go Go for Podcast is presented by Affinity Plus. It's your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, it makes you eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including right off campus in Minneapolis. You can learn more and find other ways to connect by going to their webpage. It's affinityplus.org slash gogophers, affinityplus.org slash gogophers, Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. Uh, Randon Dahman, our guest, episode 72, um, you just won a Goldie a couple of weeks ago for um, uh, what you have been through, not just the, uh, the uh, charitable part of your life in terms of what um, you have done and the impact you've already had on the community now and in the past, and certainly it sounds like in the future, which is amazing, um, but also personally for you. You have, um, uh, out of the blue, experienced some really challenging health issues um, that aren't just like what a normal baseball player might find. You're a pitcher. You might have elbow soreness and miss 10 starts or whatever. Fine. That stinks. But uh, some of what you have challenged have been challenged with is way more than that. So I'm I'm going to ask you kind of to take us to the beginning and walk us through what you faced and um, some pretty scary moments here. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> interesting. I mean, looking back, that it's already been a year. Um, it all started at a home game against North Dakota State, and I had just thrown, and the game was over, and I was walking back to the locker room and bent over to pick up some trash and throw it away. I came up, and I thought it was just initial head rush, um, and I got, like, tunnel vision, and I couldn't see, and my chest was hurting really bad. And I, like, I've had, I was having chest pains prior, like, two weeks, but didn't really think much of it, and um, kind of lost my vision throughout the night. And, well, we went to the hospital that night, and I was essentially blind on the left side of my vision for Your field throughout vision the night. Was gone. It was just gone. Wow. And so we didn't really know what was going on, and then um, it all cleared up the next day, and I was just having consistent chest pain, and this was on and off until summer, where I passed out a few times and then found myself in the hospital again. So you're just thinking you're pushing through it. Yeah, like, I didn't think much of it, because I've always been healthy, and I haven't, I mean, like, every athlete, you just have your minor bumps and bruises, so I didn't really think much of it, and then uh, we got, like, a... I think it's an echo done on your, your heart. And we found out that any time that I was turning into like bear down movements, um, blood was rushing into the wrong side of the heart. And so I had a hole. And so that was just a new discovery. And um, my sh- summer baseball was cut short because of it, because we didn't quite know how to handle it at that moment. So 
That was it was a unique time. Wow! So you're, you're at at some point you can't you're you're blind. You're feeling chest pains. You're missing baseball. Um, what what ultimately then was the solution or the or is it still are you still it's, working through some of this stuff? It's still, I'm still working through it, but like medical staff has gotten me into a position where I can compete and feel good and feel confident in it. Um, it was mainly a thyroid issue, and so my thyroid was essentially failing. And um, so I'm on medication for that. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's one of those ongoing things where I feel good right now, um, and I've felt good this season. And it's just – it's weird. It's weird to put it, like – I don't. I don't normally talk about it too much. Yeah, yeah. No, I. But, I uh, and, and and so yeah. If you're not comfortable talking oh, about no, some no. of it, um, f- feel free not to. But um, how at some point, um, either in the hospital or your apartment or what have you. I mean, how scary was that at at, at times? The first time it was really scary because I had no idea what was going on. Um, and then like I was having consistent two to three hours of sleep a night because I was waking up with chest pains. Um, you know, it was just it was just a weird time where it was like consistent, and I've been on this schedule of very little sleep, but I still have energy and I still feel good during the day, and so it's just weird. Like, there's no other way of putting it, but like I feel like I can compete. I feel like I feel good when I work out. I feel good when I'm running around. Um, it's just certain times it just acts up. Yeah, and you've pitched, right? Yeah, I've pitched. And how how, how does the arm feel uh, when arm you're out there? Good, is yeah. it? Is it uh, you know? Are you when you're out on the mound, you're is it, you, you just forget about it and play ball, or does it yeah. impact your your mindset too? No, usually you just have so much adrenaline. You're yeah. finally getting to compete, and you know, it, um, arm feels great, and you know, you don't. I don't think about it during that time. I'm just happy to be playing baseball. What um, did you have? Is it was there any surgery needed, or is it mostly been controlled now by medication? Well, it's been being controlled by medication. There was talk about. Um, a surgery that essentially they'd go through my leg and then seal up the hole in my heart. Um, and that's that itself is complicated too because from what the doctors said at in Wisconsin, because it, it happened, like the majority of it happened in Wisconsin, so we've been bouncing back and forth. Mm-hmm. So the one staff was like, yeah, we don't treat this until you have a stroke. And then in my mind, that's backwards yeah but then on the other side we've been comfortable with medication and the minnesota um staff has been helping out a lot and so we've got it under control with medication and so it's always better to avoid surgery like that should be a last option so it's been nice that the medication's been helping the medication's working and and uh, it's allowing you to uh to play otherwise you feel generally healthy does it is the chest yeah. pain is the medication helping with the chest pain too yeah yeah you know it's it's doing its job yeah. um i don't know i'm i'm happy i'm content with just about everything so good well that's good because that sounds like it's a uh for uh otherwise healthy uh you know uh young college athlete um i would think that got to be a little scary um how much uh did you count on people too, uh family and friends as you mentioned you've got a good support staff here obviously with everyone that helps you with the organization um to have them with you uh or around you to uh to, to help support yeah i mean i got a fantastic family i've got fantastic friends minnesota athletics overall like i couldn't have been in a better environmental situation to go through whatever than here. And so, I mean, I've been blessed. And I don't look at it as, oh, why me? Like, this is happening, blah, blah, blah. Like, that hasn't been my mindset at all. I've 
I've been in a good situation. Do you have one year of eligibility or two? I have one year one left. One year left. Yeah. Plan is to be back? The plan is to be back. And your arm, what, what, what do you, uh, when you're feeling it, what's, uh, what does your repertoire look like? Fastball? Well, yeah. I mean, fastball, slider, curveball, changeup. I mean, you know, baseball, yeah. some days you got it, some days you don't. Right, right. So, um, but yeah, I'm probably heavy slider. Heavy sliders. Yeah. That is that your uh, is that your out pitch, so to speak. Yeah. When you're when you're looking for the yeah. for the strikeout, what's your uh, what's your um, uh, radar? Where are you hitting the radar? Back in the day, something else, but you know now probably sitting eighty eight ninety. Yeah. Yeah. You can win games with that though. Oh yeah. yeah. Spin wins for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, uh, do you do you um, as you go through the season, what's the uh, what's it like competing? Uh, you know against obviously other good players. I mean, the Big Ten has had another pretty good baseball season. Um, what do you what do you see when you um, go against high-caliber players? You know, it, it's fun. Um, we, we have been – I feel like the Big Ten in general is just a big slugfest against everyone. Like every weekend you have a shot of winning a series. And uh, it's fun playing the teams that are – in the high rankings because we match up with them. When we're playing our consistent baseball, we're right in there with them. Um, it's just a matter of being able to repeat that. You guys have a fairly young roster. You're one of the older guys on the roster. Um, the record uh, ended probably not where you guys had hoped, um, and, and really maybe the last two years record-wise hasn't been where you want. But have you, in your time here, been able to see – some progress. It looked to me like th- at the end of this year that this team was playing pretty darn good baseball, that there's some light at the end of the tunnel with some of these young guys. There's been some good pitching. Uh, there's been some timely hitting at times. What, um, what, what's, your, what's your take on, on kind of where this program sits now and where it can uh, head uh, next year? Yeah, it's, it's always an interesting question from like outside views and inside views right. and all that. Um, I would say the difference between this year and last year is leaps and bounds. Um, this program's heading in a great direction. We got a great gr- group of young guys that want to be here 24-7 and get after it. Our coaching staff is providing everything you need. I have endless amounts of praise for them. And um, I think people are going to be very, very surprised on what's on the horizon. And I'm confident in saying that. I have a lot of trust in these guys, and I know they want to be here. And that's a huge thing. You look at the head coach of the Golden Gophers, John Anderson. No one's won more games. No one's won more Big Ten titles. Um, I'm sure he's not used to uh, you know uh, the the record the way it's been. What has he? How has he been through this to to be patient? I suppose with with a young group, knowing that um, there is future here, that these guys are going to become pretty good Big Ten baseball players. Yeah. So obviously, I've been around a lot of coaches and seen a lot of things. Um, he is by far the most impressive head coach, even individual I've met. He's a leader through and through, and um, his perspective of the game, you can't rematch. Like, you got 42 seasons under your belt. You've you've seen it all, yeah. essentially. And um, his patience with it and his – it's not even a patience thing. He's holding us to standards, and he's expecting us to get there. But in the way he goes about it, everyone wants to play for him. And, like, I don't know. There's there's not really words that you can put 
that describe how well of a coach he is. Yeah, he is. Um, he's just so smart too, right? I mean, yeah. he just has a perspective, not just baseball, but life. If you have a conversation with him, I, I don't think I've had a conversation with with John Anderson even if it's a short one at times in a hallway or whatever, where I haven't left the conversation like, well, I feel better about just – or I've learned something or there's yeah. it's a new offering of information or what have you. It's just it's, – it's he's got a pretty incredible knack at that. Yeah, it's an endless amount of wisdom. I Again, I've t- had endless amount of conversations, and every time I'm like he still delivers on some point that it's like, wow, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, did you see um, some frustration or do you see with him – um, again, because he's used to you know having a high level accessor. Did you see with him that there um, that he understands that this is just part of a process here of where where this thing's getting back to where it, you know everyone would like it. Our biggest thing is you know don't get so result oriented in the future because you can't do anything in the future if you can't take care of business right now. And so and that's these last few weeks, everything is like pitch by pitch like let the results be the results, but you're not going to get better if you're already looking all the way down the road. Sure. And so, like, staying in the moment is huge with him. And with everything, like, we all want to win, so there's frustrations. But, again, like, we are held to standards. Guys have been delivering on standards. We're nowhere near where we're going to be, and I'm, I'm confident in that. And right. I'm going to put you on a little bit of a spot here. So go for baseball fans. Um, who who are some of these young guys that next year and the year after that, um, if you can pinpoint some teammates that we should be keeping an eye on? I mean, and, and certainly there are names out there. So I know I'm putting you on the spot. And if you forget somebody, you'll have to tell them you're sorry. But um, who are some names that uh, – that, that and, and, and not saying that no one's heard of them, guys that are even playing now that you see a higher ceiling for some of those youngsters? You can go just about to any spot. I mean, if we're talking really young, uh, Weber Niels, who's been bouncing around at first base and catcher, he's going to have a predominant role. Brady Council, who's been a staple at second base, I mean, he's going to be in his third year of playing Big Ten ball. That's going to be very helpful with that experience. You got Jake Perry at third, and that kid has such a high ceiling, and he works hard. And I think after the summer, he's going to probably put on some weight, some good weight. And he's going to be exciting to watch. And then, oh man, you could go through all through it all. You got Hokeson and Wright, freshman. That kid has got a high ceiling as well. And then on the pitching staff, I mean, um, Noah Rooney. I mean, he just had his situation happen, but I believe he's going to bounce back just the way that he goes about his business. Caden Capamasha. You got all these young guys that really are going to compete. And like, I don't know experience and the amount of time that they've been getting playing is going to be leaps and bounds. For you as one of the older guys, how important has it been to uh, lead in a way to, to help those young guys along too, just to kind of show them the ropes of, of what it means to be a high-level ball player? It's it's interesting because I'm not going to be the guy that's in your face, like that kind of leader. I'll be silent. I'll go about my work. I'll tell guys when expectations are not being met. But at the same time, I understand. I've I've seen so many different players go through college, and I've seen – I can usually tell when someone's kind of getting off track even without them saying something. And so being around guys and being around the locker room and understanding personalities, I've gotten to the point where I feel comfortable 
being able to support them in the way that they need to because it's different for each guy. Sure. Yeah. So it's a, it's a unique situation. So what are your plans for the summer now? Yeah, so for this summer, uh, I'll be working out here all the time. Um, last summer, I lost a whole a whole summer of training and playing, and so I'm trying to get back up to like 195 pounds. Um, currently sitting at 172, so it's a 20 pound difference. I want to. I'll give you some of mine. Can yeah. I just somehow figure out? Yeah. I'd like to drop about you know 25 <laughs> or 30. We just transform it somehow yeah. magically. But so you'll work out. Yeah, work out. Uh, we actually have a lot of guys staying here, and so it'll be essentially us working out and playing catch and getting our training done. And then, honestly, we could get live ABs because we'll have hitters here, and yeah. it'll be super nice. Yeah. Well, good luck with uh, with everything. I'm glad that, uh, um, one, congratulations on overcoming uh, all that you've overcome. Congratulations on Next of Can. It's amazing. Uh, nextofcan.org. We'll give that one more time for people that want to help or know people that need help. And um, we'll see you around campus. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. It's Randon Dauman on the Go Gopher Podcast, Episode 72. I hope you enjoyed hearing from one of the most impressive athletes on the U of M campus right now, Gopher baseball player Randon Dauman. The Go Gopher Podcast, Episode 72, is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or TNMA.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app to check out as well. We're also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's free to subscribe and free to listen. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week. Thank you.